Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Budapest, Hungary with my friends Tim and Amy Rutherford of Go With Less. Tim and Amy retired in their 40s and traveled the world house-sitting and exploring local cuisine. During a five-week 10-city tour of Europe, they stopped in Budapest and absolutely fell in love with it. They went on free walking tours guided by locals and sampled some of the best food they've ever had, including dining with a three-star Michelin chef for less than $40. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Budapest. Let's start the show. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Traveling across different time zones can be exhausting. It's hard to sleep or get work done on a plane. And it's even harder when you're in a crowded terminal. Now, when you have a long layover or flight delay, you can book minute suites by the hour. These private suites are located inside security and offer a day bed for napping, Wi-Fi to get work done, and TV so you can veg out. Basically, it's a traveler's retreat from the chaos of the terminal. Minute Suites has six locations in Charlotte, Philadelphia, Atlanta, and Dallas, and is planning to double their locations in 2019. Book your next stay in advance on their mobile app or at wetravelthere.com forward slash minute and use promo code we travel there to save 15% off any hourly or overnight suite rental. So welcome, Tim and Amy. Really good to talk about Budapest, Hungary today. Thanks. We are Thank really you. excited to be yep, here. Definitely. Just for the listeners, you don't actually live in Budapest. You live in the United States, but Budapest is one of the cities that you really loved when you visited recently, right? We did. We were on a nine-week trip to Europe this past summer, and Budapest was one of 10 cities we spent some time in, and we loved it. I hope that your viewers have had something to eat because we are going to talk about some yeah, amazing food. it was far food. and away. It was our favorite food city. Fantastic. I think that's one of the things that I didn't start out as a foodie podcast, but I think it's really kind of turning <laughs> into that one because there's so many wonderful foods all around the world. We loved a lot of things about travel, but eating amazing food around the world is at the top of our list. And our waistline shows that. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So like you say, you picked a bunch of different cities that you're traveling around Europe. How did you decide that Budapest was one of the cities you wanted to visit? Well, first, we hadn't been there before. And second, they were all kind of in the same area. So we had heard about the affordability of some areas. We started in Krakow, Poland, and Budapest just made sense because it was in that area. We went to the Czech Republic, to Prague, and to Vienna. So we were in that Central Europe, Eastern Europe part of the world. And unfortunately, we didn't have as much time as we wanted in any one of the cities, but we did get to sample a lot of the different cities. People so often ask us, how do you pick where you're going to go next? And our answer is frequently wherever it's affordable. And so Budapest certainly met that metric. Absolutely. I mean, I'm all about being frugal and uh, wherever my miles and points can take me, that's where I'm going to go. Yeah. (laughs) So when you got there, I think you flew through the Polish airline. Is that right? I think we flew through lot. We flew into Krakow and then this was part of an excursion fare that we had on United. So it was just the second leg of our trip in Europe. And so it was just an easy way to get there uh, with our United excursion fare. But we did come in through their airport. Yeah, we did come into their airport. Okay, cool. Yeah, and, and I think what we were talking about as far as being able to sample the different cities, I like to call it like an appetizer, right? Some people like to go to one city and just be there for a week or, or longer. And I look at it as like, especially when I was working in the corporate world, being able to just stop in for a day or two or maybe even three gives you like a, a flavor of the city where that way you know whether or not you want to come back and, and basically spend a lot more time there. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. We we like a mix of slow and fast travel. So Budapest happened to be on our the fast travel segment of our trip. So we were in a, at a house sit in France for how long? A month. a month. And so the Budapest was only five days, but we had an amazing time there. It was a great city to visit. We loved it. Yeah, we can't wait to visit again. Awesome. Uh, what time of the year did you visit? June, in the beginning of June. Okay. What was the weather like then? Uh, we had a couple downpours and we are big walkers in cities. So we aren't just holed up in our hotel room. We had a whole bunch of walking tours in the rain. And if it wasn't rainy, then it was pretty hot and kind of humid. But really, uh, I, I mean, the weather was fine and the rain wasn't cold rain. It was it was fine. It was just no biggie. If the rain actually served us well for one of the walking tours. I think Amy's going to elaborate on this quite a bit. But we wound up getting a private walking tour that was incredible. And I think if it weren't for the rain, there would have been more people on the tour. Okay. Well, hey, if the rain made it so that way you got the private tour, <laughs> it's well worth it. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and so it was great weather in June. I know you said you talked about wanting to go back. Would you go back in June again or, or are you looking to come in a different part of the, the time of the year? Well, I read that they have a very cold winter and Tim and I are based in Colorado. We hate winter. And this is hopefully <laughs> our last full winter of our lives. We're going to be full-time nomads in a year. Oh, uh, wow. So we would definitely not do a winter because I know that they have cold winters like we have in Colorado. So I think we go in a more temperate season. So maybe l late spring, summer, early fall. Because again, we're outside all the time. We walk like crazy. So we want the weather to be nice. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when we talk about going there, you obviously had some interaction with some of the locals and things like that. How would you describe the city or, or the locals? It was a lovely city. So there's lots of great architecture. So it has this mix of, so I, I think when we first were going to, this is central Europe. I think a lot, we had this perception that it was going to be more like Eastern Europe and have this like a communist, a feel. communist fuel, like a drab, like right. a drab exactly. gray. Yeah, it was yeah. beautiful. And it was beautiful. It was nothing like that. Parliament there, which is on the Danube, is the, the most amazing building you'll ever see. It, it was gorgeous. Very ornate, beautiful. So this yep. and big wide streets. They have a street in uh, Budapest that is kind of mirrors the Champs Elysees in Paris. So this big oh. wide boulevard with trees and yep. high end shops. So there's a lot of different sorts of areas in town, and we were able to walk through a lot of them. To we really love walking around, so we like to check out local neighborhoods. And everyone we visited was was interesting and had a unique flavor. Yeah, when we flew when we flew into the airport, we took public transportation from the airport into the heart of the city. And so it was sort of drab and not so attractive as we came into the city. And we're like, uh-oh, what did we sign up for? And then when we got there, it's like, this is, it's an amazing, amazing place to be. Well, cool. I, I'm going to step back for just one second. And when you gave me some of the notes ahead of time and, and some of the research I was doing, I was actually interested because it's actually two different cities, right? There's Buda and there's Pest. That's exactly right. And they're separated by the Danube River. Buda is high on the hill and Pest is more like the urban-y city. But they both have great things. There's there's reasons to be in both. Yeah, I, I never even knew that there were two cities. Yeah. So that's that's very interesting. And they're both part of Hungary, right? So it's it's not like you're crossing over a, a boundary from one country to the next. They're they're all just it's just basically one city, kind of like the twin cities, Minneapolis. There's two of them there. Exactly. But where Minneapolis is, uh, like Minneapolis, St. Paul, Paul yeah. this is Budapest, is Buda and Pest. So it really is like a, a joint city. Okay. So like you said, you took the, the public transportation. The public transportation, was it easy to get from the, the airport to the city? So easy. Not only was it easy anyway, thanks to Google Maps is so wonderful for getting around with public transportation, but their airport has like a 
What's kiosk that? or like a help desk, maybe for lack of a better word. Like, like almost like a rental car counter for public transportation. So oh. we could buy our tickets. Hungarian is really a very hard language. And we like to have a couple different words in all different languages when we're traveling. We didn't have such good luck at this in Hungary because it was so tricky and we had a lot of countries. So it was actually quite easy to get around with English, especially in the airport public transportation. So they got us right on the bus. We bought our tickets there and took a bus to a subway to get into the heart of the city. It wasn't the quickest way to get in. Obviously, the bus is kind of slow, but we got to, it was a lot of locals and we went through local neighborhoods and it's just kind of nice. It also is very cheap. Absolutely. I, I'm all about the frugal and then the cheap. So <laughs> one thing that I think that a lot of people are hesitant to travel internationally is that maybe they don't know another language, but if you said that that a lot of people speak English, that makes it a lot easier to travel. Seriously. And some of the trickiest language places for us have spoken the most English. So Budapest was extremely easy to get around with just English. Amy's made this observation. It seems like the places where the language is going to be very unique. So if you go to Madrid, people speak Spanish there and they're, they're maybe not going to speak English. If you go to places like Hungary, where that language isn't spoken widely around the world, places like that tend to be more, they, they speak English more frequently. And that's just our observation. There's no math to back that up or statistics to back that up. That's just our observation. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's very good to know. And I think part of the reason for the podcast and part of the reason why we ask these questions is because I want to encourage more people to, to kind of go beyond their boundaries and, and go beyond their comfort zone and, and explore these countries that like you said, are, are absolutely beautiful and friendly people and amazing food. If they're afraid because they don't speak English or whatever, then they may be hesitant to travel there. A very this easy place so to be. This was so easy. Like this, so while it's a, a foreign country and a new place, always has its challenges. The language and the transportation are not even part of that. They were so easy. That would not be something to, to scare anyone off. And we could tell you First from experience. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And so once you get into the city, I know obviously Amy loves to walk. We've heard that several times. <laughs> <laughs> but for somebody other somebody else, would it make sense for them to rent a car or is it is it everything kind of close by or or good public transportation? That way they, they don't need to worry about getting a car. The public transportation is amazing. I would say don't have a car. So there's plenty of public transportation options. Once you're in the core of the city, it's it's easy to walk around, like Amy said. But if you don't want to walk, there's going to be a plenty of public transportation to get you around. There's a big subway system that was efficient and clean and timely and affordable. There was like trams, like on like street level trams, there were buses. So there were all kinds of things that we could do and we did to get around because even though it's a easy walking city, everything isn't all in one little area. So it is spread out. Like you can walk in these areas, but to get from area to area, we were walking maybe eight to 10 miles a day. So we had a lot of steps there. It, yeah. But, but the public transportation was like plentiful and, and of a, a wide variety. We're not a big fan of having a car in any city. So it's usually it's expensive to park. It's a hassle to get around. And so we typically don't have cars when we're in cities. But here I would say the public transportation is great. It's really, really easy to get around. Awesome. Like you and I, we're, we're kindred spirits because I, I try not to rent cars as much as possible because I'm the dad of the family, right? So I'm usually the one driving <laughs> and everybody yep. else gets to look around and be tourists and I'm focused yep. on the road and making sure. Jim gets it. <laughs> especially if you have to drive on the opposite side of the road, yeah. <laughs> then you really got to be paying attention. You can't look at anything. Plus Jim likes a cocktail. <laughs> yeah. uh, there you go. And <laughs> now we're really kindred spirits. <laughs> so obviously you're in a, in a different country. Are the U.S. dollars accepted there? Do you have to exchange currency? Do you use your credit cards? What's the, what's the situation like on the money? 
Hungary has, what's their currency? The forint. The forint. So they do not accept U.S. dollars there. They're going to accept their local currency, the forint. And we like to get money out at the ATM whenever we show up in a given city at the airport. So we have this uh, debit card from Schwab that lets us have no ATM fees no matter where we use it. So we'll go get just a little bit of currency out at the, at the machine. We also like to use credit cards because we want our points in miles. And so credit cards are easy to use in Budapest. We didn't have any issue um, using cards. There not were a few all. places where they required cash. And yeah, so- we, we like to go to local places to eat, and sometimes those are cash only because they're more affordable places. Also, we do a lot of walking tours, like guided walking tours. The They're free walking tours, and their only payment is a tip. So, that's, so we have cash for tips and local food, street food, things like that. When you did these walking tours or when you're out on your own, what are a couple of like the, the really top places that you went and visited that were just really impressed you the most? Well, as I mentioned, we did a couple of free walking tours. And so that's a great way to learn about any city. And we did two of them. One was kind of like a general walking tour. So we went up to the Buddha Castle and walked all around the city to kind of see like the main sites. And then we took a second walking tour, the one that Tim mentioned at the beginning of the show that was just our private tour. And it was a tour of the Jewish quarter, which is extremely historic in Budapest's history. Uh, So it was really amazing to see a really concentrated tour of just the Jewish history of Budapest. They have the second largest temple, I think, in the world. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. And a lot of Holocaust memorials and things like that. Obviously, you did that tour, I don't remember, uh, from my history lessons. Uh, Was Hungary, was that a big country where they uh, rounded up a lot of the Jewish people? One of the biggest. So if Auschwitz is the biggest concentration camp, I believe that the most of the people came from Hungary in uh, in Auschwitz. So yeah, so huge. There's a, there was a ghetto uh, where everyone was forced to live before they went to the concentration camps. So you get to still and the interesting thing. So you get to see this this history in front of you from a very different perspective than we have in the U.S., which is really good to see firsthand. But the Jewish quarter is going through this major kind of a renovation. And I think it has a little bit of controversy because it does have all this tragic history. And now it's kind of like a hipster cool place to be. Well, not so long ago, there was a really major tragedy there. Yeah. No, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And you don't want to, I mean, it, it makes sense sometimes to gentrify certain neighborhoods, but you don't want to lose that history and those and those feelings either. The important lessons to learn from, from visiting places yeah. like that, that, that have such history. The Jewish quarter is kind of like a party area a little bit now. So kind of a strange thing, but we could still see the original wall. And there are things that, I mean, even though on the surface there are these cool bars and things and restaurants and shops and things like that, if you have a tour guide, she's showing us we're going into the little nooks and crannies where off the beaten path and seeing the real, the, the real history. Yeah, for sure. Now, I did a little research uh, ahead of this, and there was a couple of things that seemed really interesting. There was a Hero Square, which is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Yep. That was on our walking tour. <laughs> oh, and so for the listeners, that's where the seven tribes that founded Hungary, that's like a, a commemoration of them. There's a, and I'm totally going to butcher this name, the Shekni Chain Bridge. It's a yes. 19th yep. century a suspension bridge, which is amazing that, yeah. that it's been around for this long. Beautiful bridge. And then Castle Hill is like a really popular area. One, because they have like a cool funicular, which is a little railway that goes diagonally up the side of the mountain. Yeah, we walked up it. <laughs> oh, wow, you're brave. Yeah, and it was hot that day. <laughs> but we walked up beautiful views, nice little area up there at the castle. 
And then from what I little research I was doing that I guess Vlad Tepes, which is you know better known as Count Dracula, was actually held there, imprisoned there for a little while. Oh, oh that's new for that. us. Yeah. And by the way, there are many things that we didn't get to do because we only had a few days there. Hungary and Budapest is known for their baths. We didn't get to do a bath. And part of the challenge I think with that is that our kind of our inher- inherent frugality kind of won out because they oh, are yeah. maybe 25 or so dollars per person for the day, which is not crazy. But if we're going to do that, we're not just going to go for like half an hour to an hour. And there was so much to do and we had so much to eat that we didn't want to spend a whole day at the baths. And so we are absolutely going to go back and spend a lot of time at the baths. We've heard that there are also the, this uh, really cool museum, like a medical museum underground. So during the war, they would kind of keep people in this very safe place underground to hide and and take care of people away from bombing and things. Oh, really cool. And that's supposed to be a great hospital. And I think that's up in the Buddha side. Okay, cool. Well, we've been holding everybody off for the last several minutes about the food. We talked about that. We teased that at the beginning. We (laughs) we have a few minutes left and we don't want to miss out on talking about the food. So let's, let's go. Let's get into some of the food. Oh, in our 63 days in Europe, we kind of ranked our favorite meals. Four of them came from Hungary, which is insane. In 63 <laughs> days, I mean, so it was heavy loaded, amazing food. And certainly the, they call it the goulash is goulash. And it's really just a stew sort of thing. We did not think we wanted stew in June. It was very hot. And we went to one of their big markets and had this extraordinary meal of their goulash, which we could say is extraordinary. extraordinary. And red extraordinary. cabbage. It was a great meal. Yeah. Nice, nice. There are a couple of really big ones we don't want to miss for your audience, though. Sure. So I know you said your number one is actually there in, in Hungary as well. So it definitely was. Yeah. And, and I don't know what Amy said. Was it the Michelin star place yes, or not, the, not Michelin the, star place? The Michelin the, star place. Okay. No, he's so, he the Michelin so star we had, chef. So we had the spectrum of sort of uh, the food options here. So we, I think our favorite thing in terms of food was this thing called langosh which is sort of like, I would say it's like Indian fry bread meats. What are the things you get at a carnival with funnel cake almost? So it's a fried piece of bread. And then on top of that, they put sour cream, cheddar cheese, and onions. onions you could put bacon. It's, all kind it's, of, it's, it's almost like, like pizza. a pizza. So you could though, have like toppings. This thing was to die for. And to it was die for. so affordable. Warm. It was like less than three bucks to have one of these. And it was, uh, I, I, it was beyond words. It sounds like almost like the way you describe it. It's almost like it, they took a baked potato. And instead of potato, they put a funnel cake underneath it. Sort of. And the funnel cake dough is out of this world. So we were we had two of those. We would have had them every day if we could have afforded <laughs> to bust out of our clothes. But what you mentioned, uh, our favorite meal of the entire trip was in Budapest. We like doing splurges in places that are more affordable. So we had this incredible three-course meal by the country's top Michelin-starred chef. And we had it in one of their food markets called the Hold Street the, Utsa, which the is lo- their food market. The location where we went to wasn't Michelin-starred. The chef is Michelin-starred. Yes. And this is like his more affordable one of his options is more affordable, but we had a very gourmet three course meal. It was midday. So I think we had like some fancy iced teas or something like that. And it was under 40 bucks. Wow. Yeah. And it was very fine dining. I mean, at a most, most Michelin star restaurants, you're going to get maybe a side dish for $40. Not even. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> and this was for two people, 40 for two people. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, okay. So you have the Lagos, is that how you pronounce it? Langos. Langos. So you have the Langos. What did you have at the uh, Stand 25, that Michelin star restaurant? What did you have there? 
I do remember the dessert. So actually, I remember we, so we, oh, we had this, uh, a gratin. So we had this, uh, le- almost like scalloped potatoes yeah. with sausage. Again, this is June. So they Who do wants scalloped potatoes They have a, they have a rotating June. seasonal menu. However, this so thing good. is always on the menu. This Yeah, uh, this gratin. thing was so good. It stays in the menu year round, even though it is clearly a wintry dish. But it was like cheesy scalloped potatoes with sliced, amazing sausage. We each had a two course menu. So one of us had the appetizer and an entree. The other had an entree and a dessert. So we had one, two entrees, one appetizer, one dessert. We shared everything. But the appetizer was, it was good local bread with uh, all kinds of pickled vegetables and things to spread on the bread. That was actually a very Hungarian feeling thing. And it was very, that was quite tasty. Our dessert was these ricotta fried dumplings with a berry sauce. Mm. I still remember this meal nine months later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the way you're describing it, it's like, uh, I'm sure all the listeners, their mouth's watering right about now. Delicious. (laughs) I I don't want to miss out on the name of the place that you had, uh, the Langosh, uh, was Retro Langosh Buffet? Is that yes. how you pronounce it? it yes. With some weird, it probably doesn't sound anything like that in Hungarian, but that's <laughs> how it looks in if you're speaking English. Okay. Okay. Cool. And it's a street food place. This is a place on the on the sidewalk. You just pop in. You're not heading into a business and sitting down. It is cash only. So you head up, get your langos. Five minutes later, they're done. You hopefully can find a little spot in front of the uh, stand and, and eat your hot langos. You want this hot. And this is served all over the city. This isn't the only place to get this, but um, we read this was a good one. It certainly was good. We're going to have all this and more in the show notes. Tim and Amy have a lot of different excellent recommendations, but now it's time for the final countdown. Tim and Amy, if somebody only had time for one meal in Budapest, where should they go and what should they eat? I'm going to go with the lango. So even though guyash is their national dish, and even though this fancy coursed menu is affordable and wonderful... Langosh, we are still talking and dreaming of this many months later. And again, we it was under $3 for the two of us to eat lunch. And if it wasn't good, it wouldn't matter how much it was, but it was cheap and amazing. It's going to be the Langosh. Yep. I second that. Awesome. What's one of your most memorable stories? Are you there for five days? What's one of the most memorable stories that you had while you were there? I'm going to go with the walking tour that we did in the Jewish quarter. So like, like we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, it was raining that day, and so instead of it being a tour with 30 people on it, we were on a personalized tour with this young lady, and she showed us all around the Jewish Quarter. I think she was with us for about four hours. It was supposed was it? to be 90 to 120 minutes, and over three hours we were together. Yeah, it was. so that was an incredible experience. So I guess the, the rain, uh, even though it was a bummer at the beginning, turned out to be a blessing in the end. Oh, absolutely. And just for the listeners, when a lot of these people you give free tours, things of that nature— they're working for the tips. So make sure that you splurge a little bit, especially if they give you extra time like that and give you extra attention, make sure you give them a good tip. Completely. Yep. <laughs> we definitely second that. Especially yes, when it's it. a private tour, we felt bad that no yeah. one else was there yeah, we for tipped her. her very well. Yeah, so we made sure that we made that worth her while. Yep. And she was really happy to share her knowledge and, and information with us. Absolutely. And personal stories of her family. That's good. That's really cool. So what's the happiest happy hour in, in Budapest? Where would you go for, for happy hour? So there are this concept called a ruin bar, which ruin is sort of these places that they're like shells of a former place. And they they just have a hodgepodge collection of weird stuff scattered throughout. And the alcohol is cheap throughout the city. So it's like, I, I don't think you necessarily have to find a happy hour. Okay. Just find any ruin bar and you're going to find affordable alcohol. So the ruin bars sound like a TGI Fridays, but like a European version. Yeah, that's exactly right. But even more stuff than you but would find But not like manufactured, more like organic. Yep. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, so not hokey in any way. Not pretty hokey. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Amy, I cut you off. What were you going to say? We saw a lot of bachelor parties because I think it's so affordable, the alcohol. We saw lots and lots of bachelor parties. I think from like uh, the UK, Scotland, and Ireland, we saw, they call them stag parties. And so some of the bars would say like no stag parties because we, we saw lots of roving groups of young men. <laughs> I think it's a good place to go for cheap alcohol. Yeah, cheap alcohol and a group of uh, young men, that sometimes <laughs> can be a bad idea. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> now, one of the things I love to do whenever I travel is to get uh, local pepperoni pizza. In some countries, that's really not much of an option, but sometimes it is. Is there any place that, like a, a Westerner like me, that maybe has a, a different palate, sometimes uh, they want a little taste of home? Is there a place for pepperoni pizza there? On no planet are we having pepperoni pizza when we could have this langosh. So we <laughs> love pepperoni pizza. Let that be known. But when langosh is an option, and you, so you could get pepperoni pizza at home or at, like in a lot of good places. But in Hungary, so it's it's not like a pizza, but it's 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 a little bit like in the universe of pizza. Have a langosh and maybe put bacon or something like that on there. Now I will say I heard the Denver I heard the Denver episode and Michelle didn't mention a pizza place. So I'm gonna give a favorite pepperoni pizza in Denver, if that's okay. Sure. It's going to be at Pizzeria Locale. It's a fast, casual, really affordable place. It's under eight bucks for a, p a personal pizza, but it's amazing. It's one of the best chefs in Denver, has his affordable little quickie concept and really, really good. Pizzeria Locale for that one. Yep. We, because of you, the last two days, we've had pepperoni <laughs> pizza for dinner. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. My influence is working. That's awesome. <laughs> but we aren't going to have it in Budapest. <laughs> no, hey, that's a fair that's a fair exchange. That's cool. You know, you and I, we, we've been friends for a while now, but the listeners may not know about you. So can you tell us a little bit about your site and what, what it is that you do? Sure. Tim and I retired in our 40s. That was four years ago. So we do a lot of traveling and we are big travel hackers. We are house sitters. We travel around the world and we watch people's pets. They don't pay us. We don't pay them, but it's a really cool place to go somewhere else in the world. So we do YouTube videos about our lifestyle. And in a year, we're getting ready to sell our home and cars and do it full time around the world until we're bored. <laughs> which may never happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so many places around the world. I mean, even just in the US, I mean, you could spend an entire life looking at everything, but I think people would be missing out if they didn't go beyond our borders, get that passport, go get it stamped and check out some other places around the world, like just like what you're doing. We agree. Couldn't agree more. So if people wanted to connect with you, obviously we'll have links to your to your YouTube channel and your website and everything like that uh, in the show notes. But if people want to connect with you, what's the best place to connect? YouTube for sure. Our YouTube channel is Go With Less. So it's just youtube.com slash go with less. That's where you'd find us. Okay. And there's no spaces in Go With Less. And then uh, how about Twitter or any, any other social media channels? Yep. We're on all of them. So we're Go With Less on Facebook, on Twitter, again, no spaces, and on Instagram as We Go With Less. And on our, we have a website as well, gowithless.com. Perfect. I really appreciate you being on the show. I learned a lot about Budapest and I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm ready to book a ticket. And Let's go. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I can't wait. So <laughs> until then, we'll see you when we travel there. Thank, Thank you. you. When traveling internationally, it can be scary if you don't know the local language or customs. It is so wonderful to know that many people in Budapest speak English and are so friendly and welcoming. I love how inexpensive the city is. It is filled with culture, history, and amazing food. Budapest offers so many attractions for travelers, like a UNESCO uh, World Heritage Site, a funicular with incredible views of the city, 
and a labyrinth that once jailed Count Dracula. And you know the food is amazing if Tim and Amy ranked it four of their Budapest meals in the top 10 of their five-week journey across Europe. What is your favorite thing you learned about Budapest Hungary? Please let us know in the show notes at wetravelthere.com forward slash Budapest or log into the We Travel There podcast community on Facebook. Join us in the next episode when Jen Ruiz of Jen on a Jet Plane takes us to South Beach, Miami, Florida, where we'll soak up the sun, explore the city, and move to the rhythms. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you subscribe that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. We'll be right back.